Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty with you this afternoon. I'm broadcasting from the First Bank Studio right here in Hattiesburg on a beautiful afternoon. Glad you're with us. Kelly will be joining me a little later in the show. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of Southern Miss and a great place for you to enjoy delicious food seven days a week. Right now, they're serving it in the dining room here in Hattiesburg through the drive-thru, through the take-home, however you choose. Just be sure you choose Dickie's Barbecue Pit. All right, tough loss last night for Southern Miss. Do not play very well at all against Mississippi State. Uh, they lose that game 4-1. to one. We'll have a lot more to say about that a little later in the show. But we want to get to our first guest uh, right now, who is uh, always a welcomed addition to the Eagle Hour. Russ Anderson is the associate Commissioner of Conference USA and uh, is the man that basically runs Conference USA Baseball, and we're always glad to hear from him. Russ, how are you? Good, Bob. Always uh, uh, enjoy being on your show. Well, same. We always enjoy having you. All right, so let's get to it. Uh, two really nice wins for the conference last night. Uh, Old Dominion beats a good East Carolina program 6-5. Florida Atlantic with a big win, a 3-2 to win over the University of Florida. Unfortunately, uh, USM did not hold up its part against uh, some of the big-name competition last night. But, Russ, how, how, how important and how big are those type of wins for Conference USA Baseball? It's really big. To, to beat two top-12 teams on the road on top of that, it's, uh, it's from a perception standpoint, it's value. And there's also a lot of value uh, from an RPI standpoint, uh, not, even, not just for those individual schools, but – the conference benefits when you uh, when you can beat quality teams like that on their home field, right? And th- really, those are not the first nice pre—I say preseason, pre-conference uh, wins the conference has has seen so far. Right? Florida Atlantic uh, and Old Dominion both off to great starts. Yeah, and Florida Atlantic uh, opening weekend won uh, a series against the nationally ranked uh, UCF team. Um, uh, UCF team that went out and beat uh, an SEC squad last weekend. So uh, those are those are definitely quality wins. You want to keep building and getting more and more of those as the season goes on. It's really early and obviously too early to to make any predictions. But <clears throat> throw your crystal ball out there. Tell our listeners who do, who you think the Conference USA teams uh, to keep an eye on will be this year. Well, you know, I think that if Florida Atlantic and Southern Miss were picked to win the divisions, and I think when you you, you look at what they both have on paper, that's uh, there's good reason why why that occurred. And then you know, you look at you know, Louisiana Tech has been a team that's been right there in in past years, and I think that they have a a good ball club uh, again as well. I think they'll be a, a factor in there. Um, you know, Old Dominion. You met, we mentioned already uh, that was a really good win for them. They're off. They're off to a really good start last year. The best record in our league before the season, unfortunately. 
um, was shut down. You know, and then we'll see, you know, from there, it's, you know, some of it, when you only play 15, 16 games like what happened last year, you come into this year and there's still a little bit of an unknown on, on some of these some of these schools, like, a, you know, a Charlotte or a Middle Tennessee who, you know, both are off to nice starts. I know Middle Tennessee's got a lot of uh, new kids come in. There's some JUCOs that they're really excited about. So you just, you just kind, of, kind of see how some of it plays out. But I think that uh, top to bottom, I'm pretty excited. I think there's improvement all throughout the league. Where do you think right now the CUSA stands baseball-wise uh, nationally? I, I continue to think it really is the conference's uh, strongest sport. Well, it, it, it really has been traditionally our best sport. We just need to be able to get back now where we're getting three or four teams in the tournament. You know, we've uh, we've had a, a bunch of years uh, over the last five or so where we've only had two bids, and we need to get that number up and get back to where we're putting four teams in postseason play. Rush, you follow baseball really closely. Maybe you could explain this. We've been talking about this some this week. The huge disparity in RPI and national rankings, and we used Mississippi State as an example, ranked uh, going into the game last night, ranked second in the country, uh, but 70-something in RPI. Can you explain that uh, that huge type of gap? Here's what I would really say. the first Until the first month of the season is in the book, don't even look at the RPI because there's not enough of uh, enough data points there, really, to make it um, something that is viable. I think you'll see things settle down after a month or so where the records match the RPI numbers a little bit better right now. Right. Well, that, that does make sense. All right, I, I hesitate to even bring this word up because I do think we're on the – I think we're on the positive side now of the COVID problem. I, I think nationally we see that vaccines are in place and things appear to be getting better and better. But I'm assuming that the conference had to put in certain protocols uh, for COVID with baseball. Can you kind of summarize that in a nutshell, what the league is doing uh, to try and, and deal with this situation? Yeah, there, there definitely are a number of, of, of protocols, you know, uh, Players and coaches wearing masks when they're in the dugout. Um, you know that's something that we want. We want as much uh, as, as can be done of social spacing. Um, you know, some of that's a little more challenging when you have larger rosters and and that. But you know, we in some places they're going to have to put some players uh, in the stands near the dugout in order to create that. And then um, you know, there's there's a 15 foot buffer back before fans can be seated off of the field um, just to, you know, kind of create that uh, a little bit of a safe zone there. Um, and, you know, a lot of those are no different than what we've done in other sports. It's just been adjusted a little bit to, um, you know, to fit baseball. And But I think one of the great things is baseball being an outdoor sport should lend itself to being a little bit safer. And then, you know, for the, the student-athletes, too, well, there's, there's no game that is socially distanced as much as baseball, you know, with the exception of the batter and the catcher and the home plate umpire. And, you know, a lot of the time you're more than six feet apart from, from anyone else on the field. So hopefully that is something, too, um, that helps keep the numbers down. And then, 
you know, as we see, hopefully, uh, as, as a national trend, uh, we continue to go down here. You know, Russ, one thing I see already different this year, at least strikes me as being different, I think it's a great thing for the fans, is is the increased number of streaming tie-ins. CUSA doing a great job, I think, of, of making a lot of the conference games uh, available on the stream. And then a lot of non-conference games, again, this weekend with Southern Miss and Jacksonville State, ESPN Plus picking up uh, that team, the, that that series. Uh CUSA baseball becoming more and more accessible to people via streaming. Yeah, and you know we've um, we've had games on CUSA TV for 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 quite some time, um, but the emergence of ESPN Plus has has been very good, and I think we'll continue to see more and more uh, of our games put uh, onto the onto that uh, as we move forward, and that's something that is even more readily available. Plus, you might get the Maybe the, the more casual, just baseball fan. Maybe he's not necessarily a Conference USA fan, but he stumbles across and finds a Southern Miss Louisiana Tech game and, and and watches it. So that's a way you can you know continue to expose your programs to maybe some people that wouldn't otherwise have uh, seen it. Right, that's a win-win for Conference USA. Am I am I wrong about that? No, absolutely a win-win. Yeah. All right. Last question, Russ. Uh, I got some pictures of the other day of uh, the site of the conference tournament this year, of course, at Louisiana Tech, and, and kudos to the Bulldogs. What a beautiful facility. That that should make really for a great setting this year. It really should, and, and the folks there are very excited about having it. They, uh, you know, Since they joined our league, they haven't hosted a major championship like that, and for them to be able to do that the first year in this new ballpark, um, I think it'll be a, a really great event, and uh, we're we're looking forward to it. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you there. Do you want to go ahead while I have you on the air and say after this year it'll be permanently in Hattiesburg? Is are you prepared to do that? Um, now I can <laughs> tell you that the 2022 will be in Hattiesburg, but they can go. <laughs> yeah, last quick question: Do you think the league will continue to? put the conference uh, tournament at, at different campus sites, or do you think we could eventually see it go back to a neutral site somewhere? You know, I, I think it's too early to say one way or another on that. You know, we're, we're committing for the next three years to go to campuses where we have really quality facilities and good support. And then I think we'll kind of see where the whole, um, you know, landscape is at, the, at, at that point. I got you. Russ, always great to have you on the show. You're always full of information. You're always so willing to come share that with our listeners around the state of Mississippi. And as always, we thank you, my friend. All right. Russ Anderson, everybody, Associate Commissioner of Conference USA. Really nice guy. Does a great job uh, promoting and organizing and managing the baseball programs in Conference USA. Russ Anderson on the Eagle Hour. We'll be right back. Lee Roberts is next. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank Russ Anderson, Associate Commissioner for Conference USA, for joining us uh, on the Eagle Hour and updating us on the baseball situation in the conference. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart. Campusbookmart.net. What a great place to uh, buy your Southern Miss apparel. 
They're open six days a week on Hardy Street across from the campus. And, of course, you can shop online at campusbookmart.net. All right, our next guest is no stranger to the Eagle Hour as well. We always are happy to have Lee Roberts, who is the color analyst for Golden Eagle football and, of course, former great quarterback for the Golden Eagles, uh, back on the show. And uh, good to hear from you. How you doing? Hey, I'm great, man. Good to hear from you as well. Appreciate you having me here today. Oh, my... Seems like it's been uh, many moons ago since we did talk, obviously, on the air. And, you know, when we kind of left, it was the excitement of the, the new era with Will Hall. And, you know, every day we get closer, so I'm getting more and more excited. Well, the the first thing I'm going to ask you about, uh, obviously, he's underway right now with spring football. And for every report we get, it's just like, it's like a new atmosphere, a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. Uh, kids seem to really be buying in. We've also had the opportunity, Lee, to talk to every single member of the football coaching staff on this show over the last three weeks, thanks to the great Jack Duggan. And, uh, you know, you can't help but uh, be infused with enthusiasm when you talk to these young guys. No, you you are exactly right. And, and I look forward to getting to know these coaches. But um, you're, you're right. I'm hearing the same exact things, that the kids are excited. They are buying into the program. And, and that means just the world to, you know, Southern Miss football. And, and obviously, you know, when they introduced Will Hall last year, he said he was going to bring the best coaches slash teachers to campus. And, and, and he feels like he did that. And obviously some guys he brought back are very, very familiar with the program. But a lot of these guys knew the program from just what Southern Miss history is all about. And, um, and I'm excited to hear the good things that's happening over on campus and obviously as spring practice is underway as well. Now, I'm going to guess you agree with me the most important player on the football team is the quarterback. Well, that's an important player. <laughs> I, I mean, is it the important, most important? I don't know. I mean, obviously, uh, you got to have 11 guys working together. Right. But I would say the quarterback is a, a great asset to a team and, and, I, and I've heard previous coaches talk about, hey, you kind of go by the way your quarterback goes. Sure. I mean, if he's doing great, you're going to play well. And if he's not, then you're not. So, right. um, yeah, he, he obviously the quarterback is a very valuable position. Well, Lee, when I go back uh, over the past many years, several years in particular at Southern Miss, I don't, I don't remember uh, the position being so wide open as it is right now. With that in mind, how, how important is it for the – for the kids that are competing for that job right now to, to show up well here in spring practice? You know, it, 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 it's extremely important. And obviously, you know, Trey Lowe has to be the front runner. He's got some starts under his belt from last year, you know, with the departure of Jack Abraham and Tate Watley. You know, he's kind of that, that one guy that's on the roster that has some playing experience. There's other guys, you know, that are going to, that are going to push him. And as I've always said, you know, competition breeds success and at the quarterback position that's what you need and and I feel like Trey Lowe again from what I'm hearing he's doing a lot of great things the coaches do like what he does but obviously you know coach Hall did sign some very talented quarterbacks as well that'll that will be on campus and and compete and you know obviously at the end of the day the best guy will play what about the guys that are coming in of course Southern Miss uh, landed uh, really what many people think was the best high school quarterback uh, in the state this year, but they're way behind the eight ball, for lack of a better term. Are they not when uh, when they don't have a spring practice under their belt? 
No, you you are, and I mean Ty Keys, he's a that's the kid you're talking about. I mean, right. played at Taylorsville High School, you know, Mister Football for what three straight years, I believe, and you know, a guy that was committed to Tulane and switched and ended up signing with Southern Miss. So a huge catch, you know, for Southern Miss football. But you're right. I mean, he's doing some things, obviously, in high school to get himself ready for when he shows up this summer. But, yeah, not going through spring practice, I know, will be a very, very tough thing. And, you know, I'm sure there are some conversations, you know, that he's had as far as terminology with the coaches. If if they can, I don't even know recruiting-wise how that, how that can happen. But uh, if the coaches can have some contact via phone or whatever, I'm sure they are. But if not, when he gets here on campus, he'll have a lot, a lot of work to do and a lot of catching up to do. All right, you obviously see every game being the color analyst uh, for the radio network. Uh, when you look at the Southern Miss football team from this past year and you look ahead, Lee, what do you, Lee Roberts, say are the biggest areas of improvement we need to see in order to get the program uh, back winning games and, and back in the right direction? You know, offense puts people in the stands. They get people excited. And Will Hall would do that. You know, defenses win championships. So I, I feel like defensively, it just hurt us so bad at the beginning of the year where we had three of our starters that opted out. And we were just felt like we were climbing uphill from the get-go. And then, you know, injuries at the quarterback position on the offensive side hurt us as well. I mean, it. Coach Hall's got his work cut out for him, obviously. Um, but I think Again, just instilling in all three phases that every phase is important offensively, defensively, and special teams. I mean, all will have to perform. And sometimes offenses is going to have to score more points. Sometimes defense is going to play well and hold your uh, opponents down, and you want to score as much offensively. But, you know, I feel like the need is, you know, the team unity, and that's what Coach Will Hall is going to do. But, you know, to answer your question, I don't think there's just one need. I feel like the guys that are coming back are going to be a, a huge plus, and I think the players that we signed will be an addition as well. So I, I'm, I'm excited about uh, the 2021 season for sure. Right. Now, when you look at the recruiting class, where do you think we helped ourselves the most? You know, I think anytime you can go get some athletes, and I'm, I'm trying to think now um, off the top of my head, outside of the quarterback position, you know, where we really emphasized, but I mean, a- athletes are always good, whether they're, you know, wide receivers or defensive backs, mm-hmm. you know, skill guys make plays. And obviously two quarterbacks we signed are uh, electric as well. And, and both can come in and compete and, uh, and push Trey low. Um, I-, I just felt like overall, again, I can't think off the top of my head one specific area. I felt like it was an overall really good class though. Right. I think the two big wide receivers that came from the McGee area, I think, you know, I think they're going to be very good. Uh, you know, I, th- I think the uh, the transfer kids that can't that are coming in from Ole Miss, you know, they've got some experience under their belt, and uh, certainly uh, that can't do anything with help, Lee. No, you're exactly right, and I mean, anytime you have a transfer come in, and and obviously we've been, you know, the victim of that as well, uh, players transferring out. But yeah, getting those guys from Ole Miss defensive, I think, are going to be huge gains for us, and guys will step up, have plenty experience, and. You know, again, you gotta you gotta have guys on campus that have some leadership, have some um, high level playing experience, and guys that can really rally around and pull people together. And I think that's what we're gonna need. So, 
Yeah, you're right, though, to credit what you said. Those guys from Ole Miss will be huge. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, is it fair to say, Lee, that, the, that this quote-unquote transfer portal has really changed college athletics? And I, I'm not sure for the best. It, it's changed college athletics tremendously. And, you know, I, I understand to a certain degree why it's there, but I feel like it gets abused. It, it's almost like, hey, if I'm not happy, I'm going to enter the transfer portal and see if I can go somewhere else. Or, right. you know, if I'm playing really, really well and I want to go play at a, a bigger school or a Power 5 school, hey, I'm going to go enter the – so it's it's almost a lose-lose for schools like Southern Miss. So, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, it, it's not a good thing for us. A big change from the day you played, the days that you played. Am I right about that? Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, where where is the loyalty to your program, you know, signing and playing – you know, four or five years, it's just not there anymore. And I'd love to see that get back. But unfortunately, in the day and age that we are in, it's it's not going to be that way. So we gotta we got to take it and, you know, pick up and just keep moving forward. And uh, hopefully that will happen. All right, you're about to finish your first year as a parent of a Southern Miss athlete. Uh, as one of the great Southern Miss athletes in the past, what made you more nervous, playing quarterback or watching your child? You know, I, I would have to say honestly, it was it was watching my child, and uh, and Blake had the opportunity this year to to get in three different games. He was injured a little bit and didn't, you know, didn't get the opportunity late in the year where he might have. Um, but just when he got in the game late, and it was more excitement. But yeah, you're right, some nerves as well, just seeing him on the court, and you know, and hopefully, hopefully he'll get that opportunity in the next couple of years to really contribute. And, you know, he works hard, so I'm very proud of him for that. Yeah, I can, you know, I'll have to tell you this. Uh, many, many years ago, my son was playing in the championship game for the YMCA up in Greenville in basketball. <laughs> and uh, it's a one-point game. They're behind one point. He gets fouled with like a second left and goes to the foul line to shoot two free throws. And I really thought I was going to pass out up in the stands. So I kind of... <laughs> I kind of know how you feel, and thank the good Lord, both of them miraculously went in. So uh, there you go. I can understand. All right, my friend. Always good. Always good to talk to you. You're always welcome on the show, and uh, we really appreciate your friendship, Lee. All right, Bob. Hey, I appreciate you as well, man. And uh, talk to you soon. All right, Lee Roberts. Everybody, one of the great quarterbacks in Southern Miss football history, three-time conference champion. Great guy. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Bob Getty broadcasting from the First Bank Studio right here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And we're glad you're with us wherever you're tuned in. We believe the sun fade has left us for the day. Just remember that you can go online at supertalkhattiesburg.com, supertalklaurel.com, supertalksouthwestmississippi.com, and uh, hear any section of the uh, program that may have gotten knocked out today by the sun fade. Let's see, 28. Yeah, we should, we're back on the air now. And, uh, of course, you can uh, go to any of the podcasts uh, later this evening, and uh, those types of broadcasts are not affected by 
the sun fade. This segment of the show is sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill, where they have the best 895 plate lunch you will find anywhere. They have great, great poor boy sandwiches, some of the best shrimp poor boys I've ever eaten. I've enjoyed it at 4th Street Bar and Grill, and I think you will feel the same way. They're open every day. They're right in the shadow of the rock, and be sure you tell Slade and that great bunch of people down there that uh, the guys from the Eagle Hour said hello. All right, Kelly Sander joins me now in the third segment. Uh, bad, uh, bad night last night, Kelly, for the Golden Eagles. Let me just run it down real quickly. Uh, Mississippi State wins 4-1. to one. The Eagles have three hits and four errors. That's never a good combination when you're playing Mississippi State. And on top of that, a school record 20, 20 strikeouts. Mississippi State went ahead uh, with a one run in the first inning. USM tied the game in the top of the third. State went back ahead 2-1 to one in the bottom of the third, and then they scored two runs in the fifth inning to give them a 4-1 to one lead. Nobody scored in the last four innings as pitching pretty much dominated the evening on both sides of the, of, uh, the field. Uh, but the Golden Eagles, Kelly Center, you, you're not going to beat anybody, but you're sure not going to beat Mississippi State with 20 strikeouts, four errors, and three hits. No, you're not, and I'm going to get to that in a second, Bob. I had to pull off to the side of the road, you know, because I don't want to be talking and driving at the same time. And I, and I just want to pass along to our listeners: um, don't don't try to be funny sometimes with law enforcement officers because they they do a great job, but sometimes they don't have a very good sense of humor. I was pulled over by a police officer, and he wanted to know. You know, I rolled down my window and I asked him where the rest of the village people were, um, and. <laughs> He was not not very amused by us. No, it's by, amazing how well you have cell phone reception from the Hattiesburg Jail. It's, yeah, com- it's coming yeah. in very clear, Kelly. <laughs> good, good, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> glad glad to hear it. Uh, I should be out here in a couple hours, but right. at any rate, um, no, no, you're right. You're right about that. I mean, when you when you take into account the strikeouts, I mean, that's nearly seven straight innings of no, nothing but strikeouts. Right. And and Scott Barry said in his post game. Uh, show last night and the press conference subsequently that his team is just not very good right now. If you rewind the tape to Sunday in the only game that they lost to UConn, they booted it three times. You know, they kicked it around three times and then another was four times last night. Right. Uh, couldn't put the, couldn't put the ball in play. We did talk earlier in the, in, in shows and it is true that early in the season pitching is going to get the best of hitting. Um, and we said that those numbers will begin to turn around at some point, but but that's that's pretty alarming. Um, you at least want to put the ball in play because you can execute hit and runs, you can do lots of things to manufacture runs, but the first thing is is you got to have runners on base, right? And when you're striking out, obviously you're not even putting people on base, so you are completely totally handicapped. You've got both hands behind your back if you can't get runners on base, and that that in turn, puts a lot of pressure on your pitching staff to to really, really pitch the ball well. There's no room for error, and when there's no room for error, they might tend to tighten up. Although, you know, only allowing four runs to Mississippi State is a pretty good night. And even though Mississippi State is, is a great team, obviously, you got to win some of those because when it comes to regional assignments later on, if you don't win your conference championship and get the automatic bid, those are going to be some of the games they look at. You know, so and and a couple of other conference USA teams were able to get some key wins over the weekend. You got to get some of those that you can put, you know, the plus sign. And and so far, 
in those games that would be a big feather in your cap, South Al and Mississippi State, the Eagles have lost them both. Correct. So it's and that's just the reality of it. Um, I have every confidence that they that they'll come back. And and Coach Barry's not making any excuses. He said, "I'm tired of talking about how young this team is. We, we got to get it done." Yeah, I, I'm gonna say this one time, Kelly. You can uh, chime in if you like. I'm gonna say it one time, and I'm gonna move on. You guys that I read this morning on social media calling for Scott Barry to be fired, you need to hush. You need to just go back to your jobs, do whatever it is you do, enjoy the baseball season, and quit talking foolishness on the internet. I think I think that's reasonable, Bob. I think that's I think that's reasonable. And look, we the, one of the things that that listeners always say that they like about this show is that we call it like it is. And you've never heard us say anything about, about Scott Berry, and it has nothing to do with personal relationships right. with Scott Berry. It has to do with pro- professional performance. Right. And, I mean, it, they are a young team, but he's not using that as an excuse, and they will get better. Right. Um, and they're going to have to get better. All right, if you want to have that conversation maybe another year and a half from now, then, then it might be warranted. Right. You know, but but certain, certainly not now. No, and I, I don't think we'll be there a year and a half from now. I think I this team will bounce back. Yeah, I, I don't agree. want to single out any kids because it's a team thing. But you're right. depending on some of your older kids, Will McGillis, Gabe Montenegro, and I know they're depending a lot on Charlie Fisher to, you know, to be a big stick. Well, those kids last night are 0 for, a, 0 for 11. And, Kelly, you know, hitting comes and goes. You coached a lot of baseball in your life. What is it that – why is it sometimes the hitting is gone and then suddenly it, it reappears? A lot of it is just timing. But at the beginning of the year, again, we talked about how, how pitchers, um, they just it, – it's a timing thing. And until they're in there and getting, getting their reps. And, you know, Mississippi State's got a bunch of guys that can zing it over 90 miles an hour. Right. And it's, it's a reaction time thing. Uh, you just don't, don't have as much time to react. And then – when you start going into that slump, then you start doubting yourself. And we've always talked about how confidence breeds competence. And when you doubt yourself, then, you know, it's, it's, just, one, it's just one of those things that can drive you absolutely crazy. And if it was, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And if it was easy, uh, they wouldn't be making millions and millions of dollars doing it at the professional level. Correct. correct. And I'm not sure that there's an easy answer for that, Bob. It's just, you know, right. work and study. Well, n- no one can accuse us of, of just being straight homers. We call it like it is. And uh, right now the baseball team's not playing well. They're not hitting the ball well. They're making a lot of errors. And particularly in the last couple of games, uh, they're just not playing any well. So I'm in no sense making excuses. And they better get better fast or they're going to get beat this weekend. But let's not lose sight of the fact that the team they played last night, and I know Southern fans don't like to hear this, Kelly, they are the bell cow of Mississippi when it comes to college baseball. Nine, maybe ten World Series appearances. Mississippi State is a perennial national elite program. And our pitching staff, I think, held up real well against them last night. It's a matter of not hitting the ball and making mistakes. That's right. I mean, I couldn't have, couldn't have said it any better, but, but Southern Miss wants, wants to, to be there as well. And again, these, these mid Weak games. You've got to put some arrows in your quiver that you can go to the selection committee and say, we deserve to go to a regional. And that's only if you don't. And you have to have those just in case right. you don't win the conference. Right. And 
And if people think that the Eagles are set up to win the conference, well, there's a team at Florida Atlantic right now that looks <laughs> really good. You know, <laughs> I sure do. You know, I and sure Louisiana do. Tech, you know, is going to win a bunch of ball games, and and Old Dominion looks right. awfully good. Right. So you've got to win some of these midweek games against good teams to defend your resume with the selection committee later on. Right. Reich beat Prairie View last night 10 to nothing. That's really not a big deal. But Florida Atlantic with a 3 to 2 win over Florida. That's three wins over top 10 opponents already for Florida Atlantic. Old Dominion beats a top 15, I think number 12 East Carolina last night 6 to 5. Uh, Charlotte lost in an upset. UNC Greensboro beat them, and Charlotte had not lost a game. And Louisiana Lafayette beat Louisiana Tech last night, seven to two. Those are two really good baseball programs that you know they could play each other probably ten times, and each would win five. So you're right, Kelly. There's a lot of tough teams out there, and right now I think Old Dominion and uh, particularly Florida Atlantic, particularly the Owls, they look mighty, mighty tough. And you know you got the Cajuns coming in here a week from a week yeah, from Friday. Yeah. And and of course they already beat Louisiana Tech. So if you want to know, you know where you stack up with Louisiana Tech, a good litmus test might be how the Eagles do against the Cajuns. But yeah. if the hypothetically, Bob, if the season were to end today and the Eagles didn't win the conference, and let's say that FAU and Old Dominion didn't win the conference either, Old Dominion and FAU could say, yeah, but look at these midweek games right. that we won. And they would have a stronger argument. Right. Now, again, it's hypothetical and it's still early, but the point needs to be made. They, they're going to have to win some of these midweek games against strong right. teams. Eagles on the road uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Jacksonville State. Another quality baseball program. And then next weekend, the Raging Cajuns come to Hattie. And I'm sure the Raging Cajuns will just be a, a weak little pushover, aren't you, Kelly? <laughs> Yeah, and, and I'll bet beer sales will go up that weekend, too, for some reason. <laughs> at, crawfish, at crawfish sales, exactly. <laughs> yeah, those Cajuns know how to do it now. <laughs> we'll be back. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back. Bob Getty at the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg. My buddy Kelly Santer on the phone with me. D1 and D-Bat training. What a great place to take your child for if they're playing baseball or softball uh, to D-Bat, uh, D-Bat training. D1 training for adult athletes and really athletes of every age and every sport. And we had Catherine Maloney on the show from uh, D-Bat just last week. And we're going to be... We're going to be getting in touch with her soon about doing the Eagle Hour from D. Bat and Kelly. She's promised us that she's going to put you in the cage, and we're going to see just how effective you are at hitting a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. Bring it on, baby. Bring it on. <laughs> All right, Kelly Sander, ready to uh, ready to take it to the plate. Oh, I'm sure you got a lot of news, Mr. Sander. Let me hear it. Well, actually, actually, let's start right there. Governor Tate Reeves has signed or said he will sign a bill that is going to protect uh, girls from transgender athletes. It was passed, you know, by the Mississippi House and the Mississippi Senate that will not allow uh, male 
men who were born male, um, and I, I'm, I'm really not sure of the verbiage, and I don't want to. I, I certainly don't want to offend anybody, but, but men becoming women participating in women's sports. So he will make. He, he says that will protect um, women's and the integrity of women's athletics. He's going to sign that into law. Now, whether you know civil rights attorneys say it won't hold up. But nonetheless, Governor Reeves is going to sign that bill. Meanwhile, a Southern Miss a wide receiver, Tim Jones, has been given an, an opportunity to participate in the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. So it's good to know that there will be a Combine. Usually the only players that are given those invitations are players that are nearly 100% certain of being drafted into the NFL. So that's good news for Tim Jones. The Pittsburgh Steelers have restructured Big Ben Roethlisberger's contract He's taking a pay cut, Bob. Feel sorry for, for Big Ben. He's taking a pay cut. He's lowering his pay from $19 million next year to $14 million so that they can wow. restructure the contract. Yeah, I don't know what the, guy, the poor guy is going to How's he going to get by? Uh, I, I don't know. Of course, he's one year closer to Social Security, so maybe that'll, that'll help <laughs> yeah. you know, in, in some way. But by doing that, these uh, Steelers will be able to loosen up some cap space and maybe work on some free agent signings. And the Golden Eagles continue their spring football drills. Day four is in the books. They've been going with Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday morning workouts. Uh, Southern Miss Golden Eagle fans who would like to watch the football team practice are allowed to do do that on Saturday mornings. On Saturday mornings, if you'll go to Gate 1 at M.M. Roberts Stadium, you will be allowed to watch the team practice. You will have to be in the stands and have a mask handy if you are asked to wear the mask, then, uh, then please do so. But you are allowed to watch your Eagle football team practice on Saturday mornings, if you so choose. When you look at this uh, roster, I heard you talking with Lee Roberts a little bit earlier, Bob. I think the coaches feel that, that the one area of the team where they're a little bit worried depth-wise is on the defensive line. But the, the one area that has really surprised Will Hall and his staff about the depth and the talent is that wideout. They really like this wide receiver core, and, uh, and they've really been impressed with the, with the play of Trey Lowe the quarterback that transferred from West Virginia. And I, I think, without question, it is Trey Lowe's quarterback job to lose at this point. They have been very impressed, impressed more than they really expected uh, to see some skill sets out of Trey Lowe that he was never really asked to use. But now they are asking him to uh, show some different skill sets, and he is coming through with flying colors. So I think right now Trey Lowe is, without question, the man to beat at quarterback, and I think he's going to be your number one going into uh, fall drills. They like the defensive line. They're just not very deep uh, at defensive uh, line. Jacquez Turner, who opted out last year, will be back. They are really like the uh, linebacking core, including Swayze Bozeman and, uh, and Hayes Maples, who's out of Oak Grove High School. So um, i I'm really very impressed with the, the practices so far. It's a matter of verbiage. Uh, they're getting down their terminology and things like that, but Will Hall right out in the middle of all of it. And, again, their main concern is depth on the defensive line. But other than that, spirits have been really good. And look for this wide receiver core. They are talented and deep, and they are going to implement that strength come this fall. Well, so and, 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 I, and I'm guessing that's not including the two big signees out of the McGee area, the big, and, the big wideouts. Yeah, and, and you guys talked about the, the transfers from Ole Miss. They're going to play a lot. Right. They're gonna, they have been very impressive, very impressive so far. And they're, they're going to play a lot this fall. And, of course, all this provided nobody gets hurt or nobody falls victim to um, ac- academic uh, entanglements. But, um, 
Yeah, things things are coming together, Bob. They're very optimistic the way things are coming together. Well, and think how much a better education those two young men who have transferred from Ole Miss are going to enjoy as well, Kelly. Oh, and 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 clearly the the coeds here are much much more attractive. <laughs> I, I, that, that's been proven time and time again. So things are looking up if we now can only figure out what to do with those dastardly Dixie darlings before football rolls around again. Well, they just need, they just need to quit. They quit need to walk around campus intimidating everybody with you know with those with boots on and all that and, yeah. and those 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 hand motions, which are <laughs> which are clearly some type of gang sign. <laughs> 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 well, we'll have to tell people what we're talking about and refresh that story every once in a while. Uh, I think you're right. It's it. the gang signs and the white boots. Just, I got chills <laughs> yeah. just thinking about it. Terrible. I'm, I'm uh, petrified. Kelly will be at Ramey Motors in Purvis tomorrow along with the great Michael Mergens and Dakota. I'm sure he'll be down there as well, so we'll look forward to that. Until tomorrow at 1 o'clock, everyone, Southern Miss to the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.